don't know this about me, or maybe you don't, I don't look like this. You know, I don't look like this type of person, but if you know me at all, you know that I, I'm a mama's boy. Uh, my mom actually was very instrumental in how she raised me. She completely would go out of her way and make me completely different meals that would just be unique to me. So in essence, my whole family would eat something and my mom would make me something completely different. It would drive my dad crazy. In fact, when my mom would travel to Puerto Rico to visit her family, it's like my dad had the opportunity to teach me well, right? So he would cook and he would put these, the biggest beans you could think of on top of my rice. And he would say, you're not going to get up from that table until you eat those beans. And I would, I would drink those things like they were Tylenols because I was terrified of it. And although we would say that my mom being this way with me really set me off on a bad pattern for life and, and kind of hurt me a little bit, I still was so grateful with how she was so attentive to my needs and what I wanted. You know, um, I know maybe my dad didn't agree with it, but my mom was always there for me to that level. And it was just so impactful for me. Honestly, I get exhausted when I think of what all a mother has to go through. You know, it, 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 one of the things that saddens me the most about today is to see a woman li live a, what I call under the curse. In today's society, the purpose of the woman is to be like a man or better than a man, using the male parameters only as a measuring tool for them, causing them to live under the curse. The Bible says in, initially in the curse, in Genesis, it says you will want to be like a man. Or in other translations, you will desire to, to the will of a man. You will desire to be like him, but he will rule over you. It's, it's like, it saddens me to see a woman measure their success by what a man does and is able to do or not able to do. Not understanding that they have their own unique destiny and call from God. That is precise and specific to her and so important. You know, women have told themselves in society that they're of some sort of lesser value. Therefore, they, they, they need to become something more of what they're not to increase their value. I, I think of my mom. My mom actually gave up her career in pharmacy simply because she couldn't handle being away from me and my brother. And I, I appreciate that from her. I saw that. I remember the sacrifice she was making. I remember dropping her off at the university as she was finishing school. Then when she got a school, she landed this amazing job at a pharmacy. When she finished her degree and months into the job, she just couldn't handle it. As me and my brother spent times at home by ourselves while she worked and my dad worked, she just couldn't do it anymore and turn away in her entire career just to be part of my brother's lives, me and my brother's lives. A sacrifice that I thought when I was a kid, like, oh, mom, good, you're home. You know, now I look back and I say, my goodness, the things that she gave up for love because she prioritized something that was much higher than I thought was that important. And I'm sure there's multiple moms here in the room that have done similar sacrifices. I just could only speak of my experience. I was at breakfast the other day and someone shared with me this quote and I find it so fitting for today. Even when I think of my mom, it says your, and I put it up on the screen, it says your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. And, you know, when, when, when I think of, of my mom and, and the things that she did were so behind the scenes on our lives. 
things that weren't seen up front, you know? And, and there should be no reason why anyone would ever downplay their involvement in the family unit. I think the impact and the influence that you give as a mother is incomparable. Everyone is here because of someone like you. Every single person in this room is here because of a mom. And something was done leading up to this point. Good things and bad things. Were my mom perfect? Come on. She made me completely separate meals. I liked it. <laughs> you know, but I think that taking into perspective, downplaying our position when we have such an amazing influence over your kid's life is something that could be detrimental for the family unit. And I'm going to let Rosie continue. She's going to share a little bit more about this. Whew. I'm sitting there like, breathe, breathe. You'll be fine. Um, so first of all, happy Mother's Day to all my fellow moms. Uh, it's our day. Woo <laughs> um, but what a special honor it is to be a mother. Um, you know, when I think of motherhood, I think of words like sacrifice, like love, compassion, nurturing. Um, and, but, you know, and for me, being a mother has been all of that and more. Um, but today I want to talk about a word that, honestly, for me, I, it didn't ring a bell. But now that I study it, I'm, I, I want to do more of it. And, and that word is influence. Uh, to have influence means to guide or inspire others or inspire the actions of others. Um, you know, when I think about this word being a millennial, I think about an influencer, um, you know, where you pull up your phone and all you do, you know, is like see people rec recommending you to do things and go places and try this and try that. Um, and by the way, being an influencer now is a fully fledged career choice. It's not just a hobby anymore. So, uh, and, and we get to do it, you know, we get to do that with our kids. Um, but, you know, have you ever thought about how we as mothers are the biggest? I, I didn't really, like, think about it like that. You know, I, I, I'm raising Bash. I'm doing things for him. But, you know, I didn't think about how much of an influence I have on him until I literally, like, put this together. Um, you know, God has given us that power. But like Spider-Man says, with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> we have a great responsibility with this. Uh, and I can already see, you know, how, the, how much I'm influencing my son. Uh, he's four, by the way. If you haven't met him, just look for the kid that is running around from side to side after church, and that's him. Um, but I already can see how much I, I'm influencing him. Uh, by the way, from the moment that we got married, Moises and I made a decision that I was going to be the one to take care of what our kids eat, okay? I eat it all. <laughs> I said, Moises, you, you're going to eat what I give you, and you're going to be like, mmm, this is yummy. <laughs> I don't want you influencing that on our children. Um, but anyway, so I, I do have that influence on him. As a matter of fact, this week I was cooking a chicken that I like so much. It's uh, like a gyro chicken, um, and it has a little bit of spiciness in it, because I like spicy, you know, like you Hey, I'm Mexican. I like spices. I like spicy food. So 
uh, I was, you know, I was like, Bash, come on, help me up. Because he's, if I don't bring him in, then God knows what he's going to do in the house. So I'm like, come on, help me. So we put all the ingredients together. And I'm like, a cup of this and a spoonful of this. And, you know, we're mixing. And he's so engaged. And he's like, oh, mommy, this looks yummy. And we put garlic in it. And he's like, oh, it smells good. And so we finally, you know, we finished it. And, and this is a meal that I've done before. This was not the first time. And in the past, he tried it, but he didn't like it. Um, he will only eat the fixings that go with it. So, but this time I got him engaged. Like we even put it in the oven together. He's watching. He's like, "Mommy, it smells yummy!" And so we finally serve the food. He sits down, eats the entire plate, and asks me for more. And at the end, he said, "Mommy, I love this." And you know that made me think, I'm like, "Wow!" Like I'm influencing his decisions and what he eats. You know, like with the little things like that. Uh, mothers, we have, you know. We have such great power. Uh, we got to be very careful on how we use that power. And, and it's, a, it's a big responsibility. Um, and I'm going to talk about the influence. And I'm going to give you a few examples of mothers in the Bible um, that had that and, and had to influence uh, or how they influence their kids. So number one, mothers should influence with prayer like Hannah. Uh, and the first point of that is that Hannah was childless. So we go to the Bible in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 says, And though he loved Hannah, that's her, her husband, he will give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina will taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Uh, and you know, if you read the Bible, this is a storyline that repeats over and over and over again. Many women in the Bible couldn't bear any kids. Um, and even that story repeats now, and it's in front of you. I have not been able to have kids on my own. But that doesn't mean God wasn't faithful to his promise. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but my story, just like Hannah, and the, what we're about to see with Hannah, doesn't end there. Uh, number two, it says, Hannah prayed for a child. So in verses, same chapter, verses 10 and 11, it says, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, all oh, Lord of heaven's armies, if you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign, he has been dedicated to the Lord. His hair will never be cut. Now, I didn't do that, okay? My, my, my son has had very, many, many haircuts. Um, but, you know, we all have had big prayer requests. We have all come to God, you know, in anguish and crying. But I'll tell you what, the prayer of a, of a woman wanting to have kids and not being able to do it, it's a different kind of prayer. It's... it's I, I related so much to that word, like deep anguish, you know, crying bitterly. I did that. Moses and I got married, and we first decided we're not going to have kids, okay? So we want to, you know, build our marriage, build a foundation for our home. Uh, we were very set on that from the beginning. So we started, um, you know, with birth control early um, as we got married. Uh, so, but seven years after uh, we got married, we actually said, okay, we're ready. Here we go. God, we're ready. So I go to the doctor. Hey, um, you, we're ready. Okay, just take off the birth control. You'll be fine. Just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I was like, okay, good. Like that easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we prayed, you know, we prayed four years. 
going back and forth, going back and forth, seeing the specialist. Moises, you're good. Rosie, you're good. But my chart right now says infertility, cause unknown. They don't know what we can't. And it's okay. It's okay. They don't need to know. Um, you know, we know we were able, like we were gonna have some. It's just it was a different way, right? That than the the that the way that we we were expecting it. So, and there were three things that I prayed for, and I was very specific with the guy. Obviously, I was praying for for children, but I said, God, I want a son. You know, and that was my prayer. God, I I want to. Uh, you know, we talked about adoption early in our marriage. We knew we were gonna do it. We didn't know when. But Moises always said, well, you know, adopt, adoption, we can probably try to do like an older kid, somebody that, can, that we can make an impact in his life and they can see the love of Jesus and, you know, how he rescued them. And, and I said, yeah, we can do that, but I really want a baby. Like, I want to I wanna have the full experience. And I prayed. I told God, I want to have a baby. Um, and another thing is like, if you guys don't know, Moises and I have winter birthdays. I'm November, he's December, and that's boring. I mean... <laughs> We can't do anything outside, no pool parties, no park parties, none of that. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds silly, but I pray for a summer kid, for a child to be born in the summer. So every September, October, November, I was praying the hardest. I was like, God, right now is when the season starts. You know, nine months from now, that's when, <laughs> you know, they'll be born May, June, July. I was August, even September, God, even September, I, I'm okay with it, you know. Um, but that's, that's what I did. And, you know, as mothers, we... We need to pray. We need to teach our kids the power of prayer. We need to be involved. We need to get them involved. They need to see us doing so. Not for their, for, you know, for a show or you see me. No, so that we can inspire them to do the same. So they need to hear our requests. They need to hear how God answers our prayers. The other day, I mean, I had like a, whew, a, tear, a tearful moment on a Friday night here. We were at the cafeteria, and all of a sudden, I'm doing something. I think I, think I was talking to Amber and Erica, and all of a sudden, I hear, <laughs> and I know my son's <laughs> cry. So I was like, what happened, buddy? And he runs to me, and he somehow fell and like, hit his chin and had a big red thing in here. And first thing he says, like, mommy, I fell. Pray to Jesus, mommy, so that he heals me and he takes away the pain. That's the first words he said to me. And as he's saying that, I was like, Phew. I mean, I was like, okay, let's pray, let's pray, Father Jesus. And I just started praying. I couldn't contain myself because, you know, he comes to me for comfort, but he goes to God first and foremost. And I want him to be like that all his life. I, we got to teach our children to come to God and to come to him first and to come to him always. Amen. Let me tell you why. Because God answers prayers. And that's my third point. Hannah's prayer was answered. Uh, verses 19 and 20 on that same chapter say, The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. So the Bible tells us, it doesn't say how long it took, but it says that he answered her prayer. For us, it took about seven years of praying, trying, and doing everything we could uh, and coming to God, you know. Uh, we uh, even tried different, uh, you know, methods and different things, but it wasn't, you know, we went to a, 
a child adoption agency and they told us, oh, it's going to be $30,000 or more. And we don't guarantee anything. I'm like, well, <laughs> well first of all, <laughs> I don't have $30,000. <laughs> so we'll come back later. <laughs> so it, it was, you know, I can't have any. Then I go here and they tell me, you need this much. And I was like, well, <laughs> so I went back to God. I'm like, okay, God, I'm trying here, but nothing seems to be working. Uh, but, you know, in 2017, I was outside of the church that, um, and some uh, church member comes and just starts talking to me. We never talked before. And she's like, hey, how you doing, Rosie? This and that. You know, I've been wanting to meet you and Moises. And do you guys want to have any children? I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was like, yes, we do. And I tell her, TMI, yeah, we, ha- we want to have children. We're trying. We even are considering adoption. Like, why did she have to know that? I don't know. Why did I share that so fast? I don't know. But God knew. Um, a few months later, she tells me, hey, can you put up a, um, a, a photo album for me? One that just shows, like, look at, you know, think about if somebody looked through the window of your home, what would they see? Put that together for me. I was like, okay. I had already found out she was actually um, a retired social worker that actually worked in adoptions for the state. Uh, and on April 20th of 2018, I received a text from her saying that there was a woman that was expecting a child. And that child was to be doing five weeks from the moment I was getting that text. And that woman wanted to meet me and Moises. So a couple days later, we go there, we meet her. She's excited to meet us. We're excited to see her. And this man, I'm telling you, he's a man of God. He said, he said to her, I know the child you're carrying in there. I know that's my son. And that day, God answered our prayers. Five weeks later, I was in a hospital room watching my son be born, hugging him and holding him for the first time. And his name is Sebastian. You know, he's about to turn five later this month. God answers prayers. He does in the most unexpected ways, but he loves us. He cares for us. Amen. He answers. Mothers, make time to pray for your children every day. Don't just pray for them, but pray with them too. Uh, and, make, and the same thing goes to fathers and sons and daughters. Prayer makes a difference. Um, you know, and, and sometimes we say, well, I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what's for them. But you know what the Bible says in Romans 8.26, which is one of my most favorite verses. But it says that when we don't know how to pray for the, the spirit helps us and, and we can come to God with those requests that are just our spirit is talking to God's spirit. So even when you don't feel like you don't know what your you know, you don't know what your children are going to grow up to be. That's OK. But just pray for them. Pray for them. Uh, point number two is mothers should influence with devotion like Ruth. Uh, we learn in the book of Ruth that Naomi and Ruth um, are together. They actually, the book starts by telling us that Naomi lost her husband and her two kids, one of, it, one of which was married to Ruth. And uh, so the law said that if your child, you know, if, if your husband dies and there's no other siblings, younger siblings that you can marry, pretty much they were free to go. They were free to go back to their families, be with their family. I mean, this is a mother-in-law and two daughter-in-laws that had just met because of their husbands and, you know, her sons. Um, so one of them says, yeah, I'm going to go back to my house, to my family. Uh, however, Ruth actually said, um, I'm going to stay with you. Can you think of the impact that mother-in-law made in that, uh, in Ruth, for her to say, I will leave my family 
I will leave what I know. I'm going to leave my culture because I want to follow you and I want to follow your God. Think about it. Our mothers, we have an impact not just on the lives of our children, but their future husbands and wives, their friends right now. We can be an influence on them as well. Um, so Ruth chooses to stay with her. We read uh, in, in the book of Ruth, chapter uh, 1, 16 and 17, it says, um, you know, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Whatever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but that to separate us. You know, like Moses was saying, honor requires sacrifice. She was honoring her mother-in-law because guess what? She, maybe Ruth had somebody to go back to, but Naomi didn't. She had lost everything. She probably had distant relatives, and, you know, the Bible does tell us that she had more family, but her immediate family was gone. So Ruth makes that commitment. And, you know, I grew up in Mexico in a Catholic home. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was 12. And at 15 years of age, I actually, my mom says, let's uh, move to the States. My uncle was living here already. If you guys don't know, that's my uncle right there. He's my mom's brother. So we're, you know, direct family. So he's been like a second dad to me. But, um, you know, we came and we lived under him. And he was already going to church. So we get here, I think, on a Monday or Tuesday night. We stay the whole weekend. And on Sunday, he's like, get up, let's go to church. We're like, what? <laughs> what? Church. And now, don't get me wrong. I mean, my uncle was not the person that you see today. <laughs> By the grace of God, I mean, he, God saved him. I mean, <laughs> now we'll talk about him on Father's Day. <laughs> but um, so he took us to church. It didn't take long. I was coming from a broken family. My dad, I was, I was a daddy's girl growing up. So my parents' divorce was like a wreck for me. Um, so I was always uh, lacking that. I, I wanted to have my, a father in my life so hard that it only took about three weekends. Third Sunday at church, I was giving my life to Christ. The, the, the sermon was about, you know, God is a father, and I said, I want him. I want him to be my father because I don't have one. I don't have one that I can trust. Um, but, you know, but within that... Uh, Within that time, my mom makes the decision to go back to Mexico because my grandma got really sick. And I'm here sitting down like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the life I was living before. Now I know God. I don't want to leave him. Because I knew that if I went back, my life could turn back to the way it was. And I didn't want that. I had experienced something, you know, powerful. So I prayed. I was 15. One mother here at 15 is going to be like, yeah, you can stay. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going to be miles and miles away from you, but you, you'll be fine. Just stay if you want to. None. My mom didn't want to. My mom fought me. Like, we were literally like, you're not staying. You're my child. You can't leave. You're my responsibility. And I was my mom, but I just want to stay. I know. I know God now. And she didn't understand that. But once again, I prayed. And I told God, I don't want to go back. I want to live here. And just like Ruth, I have found my Naomi. You know, my aunt opened not only the doors of her house, but also the door, the, the door of her heart. Adopted me as another child that she didn't have to. I mean, I was a teenager. Lord, have mercy. 
You know, I mean, you adopt a kid and it's, it's fine, but you adopting a teenager, ooh, and with the troubles that, you know, that I was in, but, but I had already known God, so I was in any trouble by then, but she didn't know that. <laughs> she still said, like, oh, yeah. But she opened her, you know, she made such an impact in my life from the beginning that I decided to stay, and she was the one that actually helped me grow. She's my spiritual mother in a way, and I'm so thankful for her, you know? So that's, that's why... I want to tell you, so moms is not, you know, our, our influence is not only to our kids, it's primarily to our kids. But think about the lives around your kids that can be also impacted by your love. By your love, your compassion, your nurturing. We have that. That's in our nature. Um, and I'm running out of time. Moises is like, come on, girl. <laughs> uh, but finally, so Ruth was rewarded for her, for her devotion to make, you know, a long story short, um, roots and ends up going and reaping the fields and, and, and picking up grain after a field. And, but she is led by the Holy Spirit because there was no other way to explain it. She was led by the Holy Spirit to actually pick up grain in Boaz's field. Boaz was a uh, member of Naomi's family that uh, she ended up marrying. And her biggest reward, and we're going to see it um, at the very end of uh, that, uh, well, at the very end of the book, uh, in chapter 4, it says, So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. I'll care for you, dear. I got you. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast. And she cared for him as if he, if he were her own. The neighbor woman said, now at last, Naomi has had a son again. And they named Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. So because of her faith, because of her work, because of her dedication, she ended up being in the lineage of Christ. You know? And the last thing that I'm going to talk, and I'm going to be very brief, but we should influence our, by sharing our faith, sharing our faith with our children. Uh, Timothy, uh, uh, Paul talks about Timothy. He's, he loved Timothy. He's a, a, young, uh, a young man that just was very, her, his faith was very strong that Paul you know, talks about him a lot. And on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I remember your genuine faith, talking about Timothy, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Louis, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. You know, this is for the grandmothers too. You, you also have influence on your, on your grandchildren. You know, Timothy grew up to be a, with a Christian grandmother, a Christian mother, and actually the Bible doesn't say it on this verse, but he, ha he had a Greek father, which at the time that this was written, he was not a believer. So all the faith and everything that Timothy did was because he was influenced by his grandmother and, her mo and his mother. Um, you know, I had the privilege of, like I was telling you before, I am actually a first-generation Christian. Nobody in my family prior to, you know, my uncle were Christians, but in my direct family, my parents were not, and still, you know, I'm still praying for them. But I'm a first-generation Christian, but I had the privilege of having a spiritual mother in my aunt and many other women of faith in my life. So mothers, our reach is beyond our imagination. 
You know, I was, before I had kids, my biggest uh, influence was the youth that I was serving, all the girls and the, and the boys that were in our youth group. I consider them like my, my children. They acted like it too. Uh, but I, I influenced them. I, I poured, you know, life over them. I spoke truth and I spoke life into their lives. And that was, that was what I could do at the time. And I continue to do it. Don't get me wrong. I still love them. Uh, but, you know, it's, we're raising lives of children that, like Timothy, can change the world. You know, the, let's face it. The world that our children are growing up in is a, a, a world full of sin and anti-Christian values. The training must happen at home, under our care. We have to teach them the word of God. You know, there's countless resources available for us. You know, technology, yes, it's bad, but it's also very good. If you look for the right things, there's countless things that we can use to teach our kids the Bible and to teach them the word of God. So let's do that before the world out there teaches them about evil. So three things we learned today is that we influence our children by prayer, by devotion, and by sharing our faith with them. God has given us the power, moms, to change the world one child at a time. Wow. Um, I'm so glad she didn't go back to Mexico um, and she stayed because then I, I get to have her. Look, it, it's amazing because I got to experience this through, through my mom and, and through the eyes of my mom. And, and now I get to see it through Rosie. She brings a new flavor to the whole thing, literally, all right? Uh, I, I, as you heard, I've been kicked out of the nutritional program of Sebastian. And, and when Sebastian holds something I don't like and, and tries to put it in my mouth, I got to open my mouth, eat it, and, and say, yummy. You know, this is the best thing I've ever had. That's my job, and I, I take that. But I know her involvement has an impact in his life. Rosie mentioned Samuel and through the prayer of Hannah. I mean, Samuel was the uh, priest, a prophet, the last judge of Israel. When this guy dies, all of Israel gathers and mourns. It was a big deal. This was a big man of God. And because of a praying mom, because she dressed him up for service, the Bible says at a young age, he was a young child, and she still took him to church with him. She knew that God had a plan with his life, and she was okay with that and understood that fully. Influence is such a significant and important role in our leadership. The biggest influence you can have in someone's life is the example that you give them. At some point in our lives, we have to, we must decide. Are we going to continue to try and impress people in our lives? Or are we willing to begin to influence people into a better future? We have to honor, for us children in the room, there has to be a way to honor our parents. My mom, my dad, sometimes annoy me, yes. But I'm still a son. The Bible says in Psalms 31, 31, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her, bring her praise at the city gates. And I know mothers don't do it for the praise, but it is our job, it is our commandment from God for us to do this. The flowers, the candy, the cards, whatever the gifts are, are nice, but they need more. They need that bond of respect and honor that you and I are called to give them. I'm, I'm going to finish up with this, and I'm going to challenge you guys, you moms in the room. I, I think this is um, 
when, when Rosie and I uh, kind of went through this, it, it helps us. Um, it took leaps and bounds in our marriage when we understood this. And it's, it's Proverbs 14.1. It says, A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. You know, the question is not whether you have the power. The question is, what do you do with that power? You have the ability to build it, or you have the ability to destroy it. My question to you this morning is, what are you doing? I know it could be a difficult challenge. But like Rosie said, you have a lot of power. Rosie could turn herself into a suicide bomber in our home. Completely blow it up, destroy it. If she wants me to be upset, she knows what to say. If she wants to get our son going, she knows exactly what to do. You have the power to build it or destroy it. You know, when God wants, it, it, this is something, guys, that we're not going to be able to do overnight. This is going to take time. When God wants mushrooms, they, they come together in six days. But when he wants an oak tree, it happens in 60 years. Do you want your home to be a mushroom or an oak tree? It's going to take a little bit of time. I get it. It's going to take a little bit of time. But we have to set specific goals that make a difference in our children, in our lives, in our future. We're never going to reach vague goals. The more general our goals are, the less power they have. The more specific our goals are, the more power in our lives will they have. Moms, are you building or are you tearing down? Do you accept the challenge to understand that your job is that important? That because of one like you, I'm here today. That because of one like you, that person sitting next to you is here today. You could be that impactful. Don't take that from granted, for granted. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the time that you have given us here this morning as we get to celebrate this amazing day, God. You have called us to do this, to honor our parents. There's life found in this commandment, God, a promise. And God, I don't want to take that for granted. I want to thank you, Lord, for every single mother in the room and those that weren't able to make it. God, we know that your purpose is so unique and special with them because they have given life to multiple lives that have made such a huge impact in this world for your kingdom and will continue to do so. God, thank you so much for allowing us to have this moment. And I pray, God, that you would give us that challenge to be better, to be better children or mothers, to be better mothers, because it all matters and it all gives you honor. Thank you so much, God. I am so thankful and we give you praise. Amen.